Good morning and happy Father's Day. Man, the, the title Father is it's a really weighty title, and here's what I mean by this. It's one of the very few titles that God gave to mortal people that he shares himself, the Father God. So as fathers, that's a really big task. We are representing God the Father to our children and our families and that's huge. Because as we look in this passage today, this passage is all about God and his relationship with us and how Jesus is our connection to a restored relationship with the Father. All right, let's pray. Oh God, thank you so much for being a good Father, for loving us, for, for just giving us your son so that we could be in a relationship with you. Lord, you are so good. Lord, I pray that, that you would bless the words of my mouth, that you would be speaking, that it would be your words, that, that those sitting in, in this audience would hear you, not me today, Lord. Lord, you really blessed me in the preparation of this sermon, and I just pray, Lord, that through the Holy Spirit, you would bless those people who are here. And that we would see your goodness and your love and, and that that would compel us to want to believe and to follow you. Lord, you are a good father. And I pray that we would see that better and more clearly by the end of this morning. In your son's name we pray. Amen. So the focal point of this passage, in my opinion, um, actually, we'll open to the passage. It's John 14 verses 1 through 15. And in this passage, um, for, for those of you who don't have a Bible, there's a Bible in, the front, er, in front of you in the seat rack. And you can just pull that out. And the, the page number for that is 752. All right. So I'm going to read this as I go. It's kind of a long passage, so I'm not going to read it all at once. But I will kind of give an overview of it. The focal point is in the second part of verse 6, where it says, No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the only way for us to connect to the Father. And, and he's, that's preceded with the first part of verse 6, where it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way to be connected with the Father. In verses 1 through 4, he's going to talk about how we can be in a relationship with God, how in the end, he will come back and bring Christians to the home of the Father that we can dwell with him and the Father. Jesus says he is the truth. In verses 7 through 11, Jesus talks about himself as the true representation of God and how he is so closely connected to God. He is in God and God is in him. And so when you see Jesus, you see the true God, and you see God's character. In verses 12 through 15, Jesus describes what it will look like for us to have real life. That is, what it looks like if we have a relationship with God, what will our lives look like? Before we start reading the passage, though, it's really important that we have a little bit of context of what we're looking at here. And we're going to go all the way back. And I mean all the way back to Genesis. Because this this relationship with God that Jesus has come to give us is something that we already had, 
but is lost. In Genesis, God created the world, he created man, and he created us to be in a relationship with him. He wanted us to be in a child-father relationship with him, but he gave us a choice. He didn't want us to just mindly love him, to just mindly be in this relationship. He wanted us to choose him out of love. Now that choice implies that we could choose something other than God, and when we choose something other than God, there's, there's a word for this. We call it sin. It just means choosing something other than God. And just like if you step out of the light, you step into darkness. If you step out of a choice of being in a relationship with God, you are stepping into death. It's the natural consequence. So when we as people have chosen death because we chose something other than God, we now have to deal with that consequence, and we are separated from God. Fortunately for us, in Genesis, right after Adam and Eve committed this sin and set humanity on this trajectory of death, God made a promise. He said that he would send a seed to crush the serpent's head. This serpent is the representation of sin and death, and this seed is Jesus Christ, whom after thousands of years of death and suffering— he appeared on this earth, born of a virgin. He, he grew up, and when he was 30 years old, he began a ministry. For three years, he, he collected these disciples and taught them and taught the truth of God. And eventually, this Jesus, who did not choose death, he did not deserve to be separated from God. He died on the cross in our place, paying our debt so that we can be restored in that relationship with God. This passage occurs the very night before Jesus makes that sacrifice. And Jesus had just told his disciples that he was going to be leaving them. And they were understandably sad to hear that. But he gives them hope. He gives them hope to hold on to because that separation is hard. But it's important to Jesus in these, these last moments he's going to have with the disciples that they know that something good is going to come out of this. So I'm going to read, starting in verse 1. He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have, not, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Now, when I read this verse, I think of my grandma. Because in my grandma's house, my grandma and my grandfather built this house after they retired, after the kids moved out, and they built it with a ton of bedrooms so that their kids could come back and visit and stay in these houses, in these bedrooms, and that we could be together in fellowship. Now, it didn't occur to me when I was a kid that my grandma actually washed the sheets for these beds, and she prepped these rooms, she cleaned the bathrooms, and she prepared so that we could have this communion with each other. Now, being at my grandma's house was fun, but to a five-year-old, the five-hour trip to get there was not fun. Being in heaven with God is going to be glorious, but our journey there is tough. We have problems. There are things that would cause our hearts to be troubled. I don't know what, what you're dealing with today, but 
chances are there is something in your heart that is causing you to be troubled. It could be the loss of a spouse, the loss of a child, health problems, financial problems. Jesus says, take hope. If you are a Christian, you will one day be with him in glory. Somebody that had way more suffering in his life than I could imagine having in mind is the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul suffered so much. He was beaten, he was flogged, he was stoned to death, and then rose again so he could experience more troubles. Uh, Well, actually, so he could glorify God. Um, He was shipwrecked multiple times. This guy was bitten by a poisonous snake. He, He went through all these troubles for the sake of the gospel. And in Romans 8, Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy to compare with the glory that has been revealed in us. So God is growing us. He's giving us this huge gift. And he says, take hope because I'm coming for you. And Jesus said, you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, our postmodern, our postmodern culture has a real problem with Jesus' exclusive claim to being the way. They like to say that, that there are many ways to God. They, they don't like that Jesus claims t- that he's the only way. And that's because they have a problem with his claim to being the truth. Our culture has this underlying resentment of truth. So much so that if you Google the definition of truth, one of the definitions that you'll find reads something like this. Fact or belief that is accepted as true. Okay, so, so if I just accept something as true, our culture says that it's true. Kind of a ridiculous version that we see in our culture of this is, in this is, if I think that I should get paid $20 an hour for flipping hamburgers, well then, by George, I should tell my boss that, and he should pay me $25 for fi- flipping hamburgers. Because who's, who's creating truth here? Our culture says that we do. A much more dangerous implication for our culture if we define truth. What if we we decide that we get to define truth as far as um, the sanctity of human life? Well, if we say that only some, some races matter, then we end up with things as the Holocaust. If we, if we say that only some ages matter, we end up with things like abortion and euthanasia. If we say the truth is that actually human lives are no more valuable than animals, no wonder we see shootings at schools and in other public places. Because our culture has rejected the fact that there is truth, we have re- and we have decided that we can de- choose what is true, if we can just accept something to be true and that makes it truth, that's a dangerous place to be, and that's why our world is so dark. Adam and Eve did not believe that Jesus and God, that, that God's word was truth, and that 
that it was better for them not to eat of the fruit. They did not believe. In, in John, it says that Jesus came to take away the sins, or the sin, singular, of the world. A direct translation of this word sin is unbelief. Because Adam and Eve did not believe that they should not eat from this fruit, they sinned. A better translation, or a better... Oh, no. Sorry. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the... Oh, let's see. I'm a little lost here. Sorry. Oh, okay. Um, So... Merriam-Webster defines truth a a number of different ways, but a better definition, I think, than we'll find in Google is having fidelity to the original. So it means that there is an original and that everything that represents the original is truth. Um, And it's original or standard. So if there is a standard of truth, the things that compare to that are true. Um, This is my favorite coffee mug, and I drink coffee from it um, regularly. But if I were to come up to you and say, this is a two-liter coffee mug, you'd probably look at me as if I were nuts and say, no, it's not. Or you could just laugh at me, which is more likely. Um, However, how do we know what a true leader is? We could look at a a two-liter bottle at Walmart, but are we going to trust Walmart for our definition of what a true leader is? We shouldn't. I wouldn't trust Walmart with that. Um... But if we wanted to know what a true leader is, we could go to the International Bureau of Weights and Measures in France, and we could find their standard, the actual standard for what a leader is. And if two of those equals the volume that fits in my cup, then I'm right. If two of those does not, then I'm wrong, because the true standard can be found in the International Bureau of Weights and Measures. Jesus is the true standard of truth. He says, I am the truth. Now, truth is a huge thing. Um, Oh, I messed you guys up on on those. Sorry. Truth is really important to God. Um, in 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 the book of John alone, truth is mentioned 22 times. And these are just a couple of those. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Or John 1.17. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. John 4.24. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Then you will... John 8, 20, 32. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. John 1, 1 says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Your word is truth. The word was God. Jesus is truth. 
And he is the true representation of God. He is, he has fidelity to the original. He has fidelity to God. In verses 6 through, well, let's see. In verses 7 through 11, we're going to see that Jesus is claiming that he is so closely connected to God. He is in God. He is the true representation of God. If we know God, we know him. Starting in verse 7, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father. That will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Everyone who has seen, or everyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say to me, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who, do, who is doing his work. Believe in me. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is me in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Jesus is saying that he is so closely related to God that what he says is what God says. And what he does, if we can't believe in what he's saying, at least we can see that the works that Jesus does have fidelity to what God would do in Jesus' place. And he is so closely related to God that if we know God, we know Jesus. And this is what life is really all about. I know this because Jesus said that himself. If we turn over... One, two, a couple, a couple chapters. Jesus actually defines life as knowing God and knowing Himself. In John seventeen, verse one, the second part of it, Jesus is crying out. This is this is after the Lord's table. This is after his his sermon to his his disciples. This is him crying out to his Father the night before he died, and he says, "Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son." that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Now, now this word know isn't just like knowing that he exists. This word know is the word aletheia. And we, I think we've got that defined in one of the slides there. Um, one of the words that, that um, this, this could mean is like the truth in a matter. Or another word, version, another way to take it is the truth about God, the truth of God. And I really think that's the version that he's using right now is that Jesus is the truth. He is the fullness of everything that God says and he represents that well. And in representing that, he is, he is the life. When we know him, we know God and, and we can have life. 
this life is knowing him um, is the same word that it's, it's an idiom that the Jewish culture uses for um, like a husband knowing his wife. That, that's the kind of intimacy that he's talking about. He wants us to know God intimately. And that's what real life is all about. Now, our culture kind of defines life, like even Christian culture kind of defines life and knowing God in a, in a skewed way. And we need to be careful about, that, about Satan creeping into our, our church and, and distorting the truth of God because truth is so important. Our culture um, says that if you believe in Jesus, that's all it takes to get into heaven. And there is a verse that we can, we can look at that's actually a really awesome verse. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And that's 100% true. If we believe in the Lord Jesus, we will be saved. But the part that, that Christian, Christendom likes to take out is the Lord Jesus. If we believe that Jesus is Lord, that means that we believe that Jesus is in control of our lives and it demands that we respond to him. If we don't believe in, if we just believe in Jesus as Jesus, like in, in James 2, it says, you believe that there is a God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Their response is not to submit to his lordship. Their response is to shudder. And we as people need to believe in his lordship and to submit to him. This is a, the most terrifying this passage that I'm going to bring up next is the most terrifying passage in all of Scripture to me. And I, it, it, causes, like, it, it causes me literally to, to fear for, for hundreds and thousands of, of people in Amer- the American church. Because there are people who think that they believe in Jesus. But in Matthew 7, verses 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform many miracles. In your name perform miracles. But then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoer. There are Christians, Christians, nominal Christians, who think that just by going to church and claiming to be a Christian, that they will end up in heaven. But if they are not submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ, if they are not doing what he says... I don't think they really believe. And this is why. Verses 12 through 15. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
You may ask me anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. This belief redefines who we are. It redefines what we do. When Jesus says, if you ask for anything in my name, that doesn't mean that if we close our name or our, our prayers in Jesus' name, amen. That that's like the magic sauce that will give us whatever we want. No, because that's not, that's not what he means by, by praying in his name. What he means when he says, in my name, he means in my character. Proverbs 20. Two, one says a good name is to be more desired than riches. Or a good, good name is more desirable than riches. To be esteemed is better than silver and gold. This isn't saying that I should lay awake tossing and turning in, in, at night and think, oh, why couldn't my parents have named me something better like Randy? No, no, Randy's awesome. And what makes, what makes Randy really cool is that his character is good. And that's what it says. In the Jewish culture, a name is, a name is your character. It is who you are. So when we are praying in Christ's name, it's praying according to his character. When we ask him for something, it's not asking for like, well, Lord, I've done enough good things that I could say I'm living in your name, so could you give me a Ferrari? No, he's saying when we ask for something that is according to his character for us to have, he's going to give it to us. When I was 16, I think the only thing I asked for for my birthday was a hammer. Um, And my dad, knowing that a hammer was going to be useful for me for the rest of my life, he's taught us a lot of building techniques. He wanted to give me a hammer. He gave me a much better hammer than the one I specifically asked for. Because my dad knew it was good for me and he wanted to give me something that would bless me. We already read this, this passage from Matthew. Matthew seven ten, um, But let's read it again. It says, 7, 10, 9, starting in 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, we'll give him a snake. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God wants to give us good gifts. When we are asking for things in his name, according to his character, he will give those things to us. He says it right here. The youth group and I are, are going a quick, quick travel through the book of James. And in last week, we saw that if anybody asks for wisdom, they can ask God. And if they ask in faith, faith, it will be given. That's because wisdom is a gift that God wants to give to us. He wants us to have this. It is according to his character. If we are living according to his character, it will affect. If we believe we will seek him, we will know him, and, and that's what life is all about. My father passed away a few years ago from cancer, but before he passed away, um, he, was, he was living at, at our house and, and fighting cancer. My father, my father, something about my father that, that displayed the character of God, 
is that he loved to be with his kids. And his love language was quality time. He loved to spend time with his kids. And so um, I was going through college at the time, but when I wasn't at class, I I would try to come and spend time with my dad, um, whether it was just sitting with him um, and while he was sleeping or these other things, I would try to spend time with him. But something else about my dad is he was... He was trying to keep his body functioning as he was dying and trying to keep it working. And so he would go on these long walks and he'd walk for, for like a mile every day. And he was, this was during the winter. So he would bundle up in these warm clothes and he would go out and he'd walk. And I remember a couple, at least once I went on this walk with him and we just talked nothing, about nothing particular, but we, we fellowshiped and I got to know my dad a little bit better. But one of my greatest regrets in life is sometimes when I was at my parents' house, my dad would be going on these walks, and for some reason I would make an excuse not to go. It would be really cold, and I wouldn't want to go out. It would be, maybe I was busy, and I wouldn't go out, and I would look down the gravel road, because my parents live out in the country, and I could see him on the top of the hill walking, and I didn't choose to be with him. God wants us to be with him, he wants us to set aside these things that, that get in the way. I think the real reason I wasn't walking with my dad is because I didn't believe that in less than five months he was going to pass away. I didn't believe this was my last chance to spend with him. Do you believe that having life is knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ? And if you do, what are you doing about it? Real life comes from knowing God. He is the Jesus Christ died so that we could be in this restored relationship with the Father. We have rejected God. God loved us so much that He sacrificed so that we could be in this restored relationship with Him. And often we take that for granted. That song said, Jesus arose with His with our freedom in hand. That is our freedom, and we can claim that. Because Jesus died for us. Do we value spending time with the Father? Do we, do we wake up eager to read his word and to pray? No one can come to the Father but through Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is our connection with the Father. Lord God, you are good. You bestow gifts on us so abundantly. Even your commands, Lord, are gifts because they show us how to live. They show us life. They're a reflection of your truth. Lord, I pray that we would not leave this building unchanged that we would seek you earnestly because you are life. Lord, that we would reject the truth claims of this world, that we would reject the, the, the truth claim that money is more important. We would reject the truth claim that, that, that fame is important. Lord, that we would cling to you knowing that you are the most important thing. Lord, that you are life. Lord, I pray that you would be at work in our hearts because, Lord, we cannot come to you, the Son unless you draw us. And I pray, Lord, that you would be drawing us, that you would see us when we come to the end. And, Lord, that you would not say, depart from me, 
I never knew you. Lord, I pray that we would know you in your son's name. Amen.